0: Some 2,000 years ago, a man named Saul of Tarsus was walking down the road to Damascus for the purpose of persecuting Christians. That is, until he came face to face with Jesus Christ. We know this man as Paul today. Paul, the writer of much of the New Testament, church planner, soul winner, great man of God. But who was Paul? Well, by Paul's own testimony in 1 Corinthians 15, he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul was a great man of God, but not because of who Paul was but because of how great God's grace is. I pray you listen to this message titled by The Grace of God to see how you can allow God's grace to do great things through you as well. First Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15.1, it says this, it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory that I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you the first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, He was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, we, so we preach, and so ye believe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, uh, Lord, for this day that you've given us to gather here at the house of God. Lord, I thank you for what's been done already. God, undoubtedly, this people needs more. Lord, we are such a needy people, but I'm glad we can come to the throne of grace and receive that which we need. Lord, for your grace knows no bounds. Your love knows no bounds. Your mercy knows no bounds. God, I just pray, Lord, you help us. God, I pray, Lord, you set every distraction aside. God, I pray, Lord, that you... Minimize me, Lord, that they may see you high and lifted up. God, I pray you help us today, for it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. may be seated. This morning, as we look at Paul here, him speaking to that church, There in Corinth, we're going to analyze something that he said there in verse number 10. And that is this. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. So the question is, what what was Paul? What was Paul? Was he something to be mocked or was he something to be emulated? Was he something that you should uh, refrain from trying to be? Or was he someone that you should do your best to be? What was Paul? Let me tell you what Paul was. Paul was a sinner saved by grace. Paul was a man of God. Paul was a great man of God. I want to be like Paul. I want to be a great man of God. I want my family to be great men and women of God. That's that's what I want. I want you to not just be of God, but live for God. I want you to do great things for God. That's that's what I want. And so when we look at uh, Paul here, we see that Paul says, but by the grace of God... I am what I am. I thought about this poem, and many of you have heard it. I'm gonna read part of it. It's by a preacher by the name of C.T. Studd who lived 100 some years ago. And the title of it is this, Only One Life Will Soon Be Past. And it begins, it says, Two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart, and from my mind would not depart, Only one life twill soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes only one, soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat, only one life twill soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave, And to God's holy will to cleave, only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last, and it continues on, and the ending says this, it says, only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last, and when I am dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has been burned out for thee. And I read that, and I think of that, and I think of men like C.T. Studd, and Charles Spurgeon, and and, and the apostle Paul, and you can go on to Peter and John and all those great men of God, and I think, well, what is it that made them what they are? And I look at what Paul said, and Paul said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that Paul wasn't anything in himself, something special. That tells me that within Paul there's nothing, no peculiar aspect or, or, or thing about Paul's personality or who he was that God used him so great. He was great because of who his God is. He was great not because of who he was, but who God was. And he was great because of God's grace. Choices that we make. I spoke this morning during Sunday school when we were speaking about Personal soul liberty and the responsibility, the responsibility that each Christian has to know the Word of God, understand the Word of God, and apply the Word of God. Choices that we make, we have that choice. Each one of us has that choice. Paul had that choice. He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Church, and I'm going to tell you what. Listen, if you want to be great in the sight of God, in the eyes of God, and do great things for God, there's nothing stopping you. But your choices. You can, cho- you can uh, choose to be enlightened by the things of God, to employ the grace of God, and then to extend the grace of God. That, that's the choices you can make. Because God's grace is not diminished over the last 2,000. God's power has not diminished over the last 2,000 years. God is no less today than he was 2,000 years ago. So I'm telling you, church, if you want to be and do great things for God, you can. You can. There's nothing stopping. There's nothing stopping me. Man, I want to do do great things. I do. I do. I can through the grace of God. When we examine that, I want us to understand what grace is. Webster's defines it as this the free, unmerited love and favor of God. American Tract Society Bible definition says this, divine grace is the free and unmerited love and favor of God towards man as a sinner. And so when we speak of grace, grace is undeserved. Grace is unconditional. Grace is unreserved. Grace is unearned. Grace is unmerited and best yet grace is available. It's not a commodity that we have to work for. Most of you probably have jobs, right? Most of you probably work. Well, I didn't say all. I said most. But not everybody here makes the same amount of money, do they? And so we labor for the money that we make. Some labor more, make more money. Some labor less, make even more money. Right, Brother Jeff? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But, um, but you see what I mean? That's, that's work. And that's earning things. And that's getting something in return. Grace is not that. That's not grace. The grace of God is free. The grace of God is unmerited. The grace of God is available unto all. And So what made Paul what he was? According to his own testimony, in verse number 10, he says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Speaking of that grace, we see first that that grace must be experienced. That grace must be experienced. This is, I'm I'm speaking, if we're talking in terms of Paul, I'm speaking of his Damascus Road experience with the grace of God. Paul was going about to labor for God. Paul was going about to what he thought he was doing, the work and the will of God. He was going out to kill Christians. That was what his, his desire was, to persecute Christians. And he was doing it in the name of God. But hey, then, on his road to Damascus, he met Jesus Christ. And the grace of God grace first must be experienced why because we're under a judgment in order to understand grace and specifically the grace of God we must first understand the reality of just how good we really are the Bible tells us in Romans 310 and and I can look across this room and I can see many good people right Many good people around here. That's what we would classify ourselves as. That's what, how we do. But I want you to understand that there's a difference between good and righteous. The Bible says in Romans 3.10, it says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together becoming profitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. While many seem to be good, none are righteous. We're all sinners by our very nature and our practice. you see, when you understand that, we understand that we're sinners in the eyes of God, you have to understand who God is. God is holy, and God is just, and God cannot, as a just God, allow sin to go unpunished. And so us being sinners, we're under the judgment of God. We're under God's judgment. But thank God that justification is available. Justification means this, church. I give you this definition before, I'm going to give it to you again because it's very easy to remember and it's very true. To be justified means to be just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd never sinned. And see, I am justified in the sight of God today. That's where I stand. I don't know about you, but I stand justified. In the sight of God Uh, the Bible says this John 14 6 Jesus saith unto him I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the Father but by me and the reason I am justified is because Jesus justifies sinners like me through Jesus not because I'm special my mom thinks I'm special But not because I'm special. But because of his grace. That's how I stand justified. Not because I've done anything good. Not because I've earned my salvation. Not because I stand before you today. Try to preach and proclaim the word of God. Not because of any of that. All of that is settled. I stand justified. And I'm not under the judgment of God anymore. Through the grace of God. Jesus is the personification of grace. Everything about Jesus Christ speaks of his grace. You can see his grace in his coming. Jesus showed unmerited favor, unearned love, by first coming to this world. Be born of a virgin in Bethlehem. John 1.1, we know this, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. If you continue on down in John 1, you'd see in verse number 14, it tells you who the Word is. It says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus himself testifies in Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and was and which is to come, the Almighty. Jesus Christ is a personification of grace. We see that in his coming. Think about that. Every time I think about Jesus and him coming and be born a babe in Bethlehem, it amazes me, it astounds me that God would love us enough to leave glory for a manger to be adored from being adored to be hated why because we deserved it no because we needed it. grace we see grace in his coming we see grace in his crucifixion First peter 2 24 says who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree Romans 5.8, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Uh, Matthew 26.27, this is Jesus there at the Last Supper. He said, and he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. For the remission of sins. So when we think of Jesus, we think His grace is seen in His coming. His grace is certainly seen in His crucifixion. I don't know about you. I got two beautiful children. And I guarantee you what, I would make sure that neither one of them was hung on a cross for you. I love my baby, right? Why in the world would Jesus hang on a cross? Because we deserved it? Because we needed it. Unmerited faith. Unearned love. From God towards sinners. We see grace in his coming. His crucifixion. His continuing mercy. For those of you that don't know. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Making intercession for us. Romans 8.34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God. Who also maketh intercession for us. I have been born again 19 years now. 19 years I have been born again. And I have not been perfect in 19 We can do all things in Christ. All things. But I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. But you know what? I have a God that intercedes for me. I have a God that when I do stumble, and when I do fall, when I do fall short, when I do fail, Satan might try to accuse me, and say, look at that preacher, man. Look at him. Look how good he is. Oh, he's real good, isn't he? And Jesus just shows the blood and say, look, your sins are paid for. Hey, man, he intercedes for me. He is my high priest. And so we have Jesus' continuing mercy all in grace. And, of course, the cause for it all is not because we're good, not because we're righteous, not because we are worthy of it all, but because we're unworthy. Now, you need to experience the grace of God. You need to. I don't care how many good works you do. You cannot earn what God freely gives. You cannot pay for what God has freely given, His grace. We see that you must experience grace if you're going to do great things for God and be great for God. It's a grace that must be experienced, but it's also a grace to employ a grace to employ in our life as I said I was born nineteen years ago but listen that's not where the grace of God ends the grace of God continue in my life day after day it's employed in my life day after day and if we're going to do great things for God it needs to be employed in our life number one through our outlook the way we view ourselves the way we view our present situation our future and our hopes all through the prism of grace the way we see life we see it through the prism of grace my life is like yours i've had my share of hardship i've had my share of trial i've had my share of burdens now I may not have experienced the same thing you have, but we all have. There is none among us that have not. But then again, there's none among us that have not enjoyed the blessings of God. And I mean blessings raining down on us. I can assure you this, whether you choose to view it or not, you are far more blessed than Kurt. You've got far more blessings in your life than you do... Cursing. Lost save... Listen, the the sun shines on the just and the unjust. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. We all endure these things. We all get the blessings of God. And so... And we know that all good things are a gift from God. So says James. And so I I can choose... Again, it's all a choice. I can choose... To look at my situation and see the cursings in my life I can choose to look at all the trials and tribulations and focus upon them and say oh woe is me or I can choose to look at all the blessing I have in my life I can choose to see all I mean just how good God really has been to me it's a choice I challenge anyone here To look at what God has done for you. Tell me God hadn't been good to you. Why? Because we're good? No, because of his grace. Even Paul, you think of all the things that Paul went through. Paul endured more heartache than you did. Paul endured more suffering than you did. To be stoned, to be shipwrecked, to be starved. All of the things that Paul went through, but Paul looked at it like this. He told the church at Philippi, he said, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. And so in other words, if you want to put it in Layton's terms, he was looking on the Sunday side. It's really simple. It's not hard. He was looking at things through the prism of grace. He was looking at things and how God's grace has just fallen on him so richly and abundantly. Who was Paul but a murderer? Who was Paul? But yet God showered him with grace, And so that's the way he viewed things. I'm telling you what, church, the way you view things affects dramatically your life. It affects you in, in such a I can't begin to express how important that is just simply the way you view things well Paul looked uh, his outlook if you employ grace in your life through your outlook it'll change the way your life is not only through your outlook but in your inlook I made up a few words here uh, but uh, we're going with it amen all right your inlook Romans five eight it says this I want to this verse kind of typifies two different ways I'm talking about here. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's one of my favorite verses, if not my favorite verse in Scripture, Romans 5, eight. But God commendeth, he bestowed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I love that verse, but there's two things about that verse that it says specifically about who we are. Number one, listen, we are ungodly. I don't care how good you think you are, we're ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. When we truly examine, we see ourselves as who we really are. Let me tell you why so many people feel they don't need God because they've got an elevated opinion of <laughs> him. Amen, right? They think themselves more highly than who they really are. And that permeates our society. But when you're looking at the prism of grace, and when you look at things through the, the lens of grace, you see who you really are, and it's not godly, it's ungodly. And so what that does, in that instead of having an attitude of high-mindedness, that gives us an attitude of humbleness. See how it affects it. And see, when grace we employ, when we look within ourselves, we look within ourselves, we see that we're ungodly by that verse. But not only that. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. We may be ungodly. We may be sinners. But he still loved us enough to die for I mean, think about that. The God of all creation. Who spun everything we know into existence. Thanks enough of you to know the number of hairs on your head. Not only that. But to leave the glory of heaven and come down to this earth. To be spat upon, to be ridiculed, to be, to be mocked. To have his beard plucked and, and, and smitten. So that you can be saved. What love. What love. And so when we understand what grace is, and, and again, we have this mindset that we, we have to um, do something or, or be something. There's nothing you can do to earn grace like that. That grace like that is just beyond words. The best description I've ever heard is in that song, amazing. It is amazing grace. And so, when we look at life and the way we are, it affects our outlook and the way we see things. It affects the way we view ourselves, but not only that, our inlook, but our uplook. It views, it helps us see and relate to God. Oftentimes, we look to God as if He owes us something. Oftentimes, that's what we do. We look to God and, we're, and, and it's, it's as if... Let me tell you what God is. God is holy. God is perfect. God is righteous. On our own merit, we have, we have, no, we have no grounds to stand on to even approach Him. And so when, when you see God's grace for what it is... You see yourself for who you really are. And when you start to see yourself minimized, man, that just exalts God. You see God for who He really is. And it affects everything. I serve a big God. (laughs) And because I serve a big God, it affects decisions I make. Because I serve a God that owns the cattle upon a thousand hills. Because, because I serve a God that can, that can breathe life into the dead. Because I serve a God like that, man, I can put my trust in Him. Not just with my eternal soul, but with my day-to-day. And my decisions to me. Everything that I do. I'm telling you, it affects everything. I serve a big God. There's been times when I have put my trust in Him, when I have not understood how in the world uh, God's going to pull it off, um, but He always does. <laughs> he always does. It should manifest in our outlook. It should manifest in our outlook. It should manifest, be evident in our outlook. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, For ye know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich." I'm so thankful for the grace of God. See, Paul understood that grace, that it was not just something to experience. I'm glad, and I'm so glad that salvation is easy. It's easy. I don't have to work for it, I don't have to earn, I don't have to do anything for it, I've simply got to trust in God's grace, and put my trust in Him and let Jesus take my place. My Salvation's easy. But to be like Paul, it's not just experiencing that grace. It's not just having that Damascus Road experience. I mean, if you've been born again, say amen. I mean, many of you have been born again, but you're not living like Paul. Because grace is something that you've just experienced. And it's not something that you're employing in your day-to-day life. Paul did. And that's what he said. By the grace of God, I am what I am. It's something to experience. It's something to employ. And then lastly here, it's a grace that needs to be extended. It's a grace that needs to be extended. Number one, so that others may see. We should extend grace to others so they can see Jesus in us. It is so easy to hate others, it is so easy to turn our backs on others that may not be like us, may not live like us, may not love us. But it's a whole other thing to show them great. They need to see great in us. Matthew five forty three. Jesus says, "Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy." But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? If ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. They need to see grace in us. But not only that they may see it, but that they may know. Look with me in our text, 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 3. Paul said this. He said, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried. That he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. They need to see God's grace in us. They need to see that. But they also need to know that. Paul didn't just live his faith. He spoke of his faith. Church, we need to do both. It's no good to speak of your faith and not live your faith. That does nothing but turn others away from Christ. You can't just live your faith without telling of your faith. Because that doesn't help them. How can I, illustrate? Let's say I, I walked around... Uh, happy all the time. Who, who else is happy all the time? Anybody? Let's say, man, I walked around with a smile. I had a joy in my heart. People saw that. And you know, when people see that, they get mad because they don't have that, right? But they see that. And why in the world does that fella always smile? Why in the world does he always have joy? Why, why is it like that? And you just leave him to wonder. Listen, I have joy because Jesus gives me joy. I have peace because Jesus gives me peace. I have hope because Jesus gives me hope. And I have grace because Jesus is good. That grace that I know, people need to see it. I need to extend that grace to others. I need to tell them, just as Paul did, what was delivered unto me, I delivered unto you. I'm so glad that 19 years ago, someone told me. And I'd heard about him, but I didn't know the significance of what he did. I didn't understand that I was lost. I didn't understand why I didn't have any peace. I didn't understand why. I didn't understand my purpose. I didn't understand why in the world this world was the way it was. I didn't understand any of that stuff. Then someone told me about Jesus. The grace that's found therein. And it has changed my life. And ever since that day, I am doing my best to grow in God's grace. I'm not talking about the experience, that's done, that was settled 19 years ago. I was born again in the family of God, never need to be born again again. But I want to grow in God's grace. I want to, I want people to see God's grace in me. I want to look at others through the grace of God. I want to look at my, my life and my situation and, and the hope that I have through God's grace, understanding that He's a good God, understanding that He's a God that bestows grace, just Uh, free unmerited right Uh, I want to I want to live like that I want to I want to see myself understanding that it was God's grace that saved me and not of myself that I be not high-minded but that I should humble myself before him that I should put my trust in him and in all things that I do because why he's a good God that giveth grace liberally I want to extend that grace so that others may know. You know, I'm here today and I'm proclaiming the gospel and I'm trying to tell you, Paul said, Man, by the grace of God, I am what I am. It's by God's grace, it's not me. Here to tell you, nothing that I, any good that's in me, it's not me. By God's grace. By God's grace. And I want to extend that to you. And I want to extend it to you here. But I don't want it to be just here. I want to extend it to you down the road. I want want to tell my neighbor. I want to tell these other people about Jesus Christ. Why? So they can have that peace. So they can have that joy. So they can have all of those things in their life that they lack. And then when I'm dead and gone, maybe they'll tell others. I am here today directly from the actions of Paul. Two thousand years ago, Paul wanted to tell people about Jesus. Paul said, By grace of God, I am what I am. This grace I've delivered unto you. Paul Paul said, Everything that happened to me fell out to the furtherness of the gospel. Because of Paul and his preaching, and the grace that he not only experienced, but that he employed and that he extended. I'm here today. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for me. I don't know what you're living today. I don't know how you're... I don't know your situation. I don't know what you're putting your trust in. I don't know if... if, you've simply experienced God's grace and now you're going about to employ your own will instead of the Lord's in your life and therefore listen that is unprofitable there's no profit in that you'll find that out I just hope you find it out sooner rather than no profit in following your will instead of God all we have is this one life and it is fleeting I encourage you to employ the grace of God in your life. If you've not experienced if you have never had that Damascus Road experience, if you've never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, today is the day. It starts there. And then from there, grow in knowledge of the things of God to find that peace for It seems to elude so many of us. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. wasn't Paul. It wasn't Paul. It was a choice he made to exalt the grace of God in his